0: This episode is sponsored by Luminous Creative Agency. Headquartered in downtown Providence, Luminous works with businesses and organizations to enhance their marketing efforts by developing high-quality creative content such as video, ad campaigns, design, branding, and more. You can learn more by visiting luminous.agency. That's L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S.agency. Welcome back to the Hey Roadie podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. As always, we are your hosts, Nick and Sasha.
1: Hi, guys. We hope you're doing so well in the new year. Um, Today's episode is so fun. We are here with Lois Harada. She is part of our Who to Watch list from Providence Monthly, which should be on stands now, where we highlight 10 people and organizations um, in our community making big change in our beautiful city. So today conversation with Lois I'm already like a huge fangirl of her because I just think she's awesome in so many ways we discuss it in the episode but Lois designed my wedding invitations and created some cool pieces for the actual reception so she will forever be like very much in my heart and I love her so much
0: Yeah, she's a really fun person to talk to. Uh, She has a lot of things going on, Mm -hmm. uh, one of which is a residency in Colorado that happens in the spring. Uh, We chat all about that, but it sounds really, really cool Mm -hmm. uh, and like a great place to be.
1: Yeah, she'll be there for five weeks. She also has some other projects coming up. Um, An ongoing project for her is Rename Victory Day, um, where her... Uh, goal is to come up with a new sort of like name for VJ Day where Rhode Island is the only state that still celebrates it for some odd reason. Um, She also has uh, my home court um, projects coming up where she or where they um, put art installations on basketball courts in communities. So that's really cool. And then she has the interlace grant. And with that, she's working on a project called Wish You Were Here. So all those things can be um, kept up with on her Instagram page. Um, She also works at DWRI Litter Press where she does things like design wedding invitations that are so cute. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and then we go on uh, our famous tangents and talk about a few other fun things like uh, colloquial sayings that are somehow connected to printing, Le- which press. we would have never known about, letter yeah. pressing, uh, and all kinds of other fun things. And I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation.
1: Yeah, Lois is fantastic. I'm so excited she's on the Who to Watch list. Um, she's bringing art to communities in a way that's not the typical sort of you know, paint or photography. It's a very different letterpress and screen printing all that stuff is so different and it's so fun to be able to watch her create all these really inspirational and cool um pieces that are connected to her heritage and her um her life
0: and it's cool for people uh, to see people uh upkeeping a very old practice Mm. uh letter pressing is among like the oldest versions of uh printing and print pressing uh and uh, we even go into the fact that there's like one guy that still does all of the <laughs> maintenance <laughs> maintenance <laughs> on those presses because it's a, such a specialized thing so uh, the whole thing's really interesting she's a very interesting person she's very fun and i think you're all gonna enjoy it a lot
1: yeah have fun guys have fun. are you
0: recording we are now
1: yay hi los i'm so happy you're here Hi, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Oh my gosh, see, I'm already so nervous. Just don't cut be this out.
0: nervous. No,
2: it's totally
1: fine. When Nick and I first started doing this, we were like so nervous every time. And you can definitely tell, like in yeah, the yeah. first few episodes, we sound like way more nervous. And now we're like, hey, it's cool. Hey. Yeah, no big deal. Cool. What's going on? So I have to say before we like get going, Lois, I'm a big stan of yours because I just think I'm a fangirl and I think you're incredible. And Lo- for any listeners, Lois actually designed my wedding invitations at DWR Letterpress and they were so cute.
2: Oh, thanks, oh my God, Sasha. you did such a good
1: job. Those were so fun to work on and we definitely
2: show them to clients as like a sample you of- do you don't need to keep things traditional. Yeah. You can keep things a little
1: bit more fun, yeah. a little bit more colorful. So yeah. thank you for coming oh to us. Oh my god. Well, I've been following you for a long time. And I know when we were doing the Who to Watch um list, I especially last year you had all these cool art projects. Then I'm like, I know that she has cool things brewing in, in the new in the new year. Um so for our listeners, tell us about yourself, how you ended up in Rhode Island, why you love what you do.
2: Yeah, so I've been in Rhode Island since 2006, and I came to study printmaking at RISD. Um, I got really lucky. I'm originally from Salt Lake City, and I had a great public high school that had a really strong arts and printmaking program. So when it came time to decide on colleges, my um, you know high school art teacher said, hey, why don't you try this school, RISD? And I was like, there are so many hard vowel sounds there that <laughs> don't make a lot of sense. Um, And so I ended up applying to RISD and to the University of Utah, luckily got into both and decided, let's try something that's a little farther away because most of my family is in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. And I just really fell in love with Providence um, and got to know the city, particularly in junior year and senior year, got off campus, um, started working in AS220 in their print shop.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It was
2: such a lucky, again, a lucky break and I'm... um, thankful that that job helped me see the greater arts community of Providence and also just said, hey, I have a job. I don't want to move back to Utah. I don't want to move to New York. I've already got something going here. Let's let's keep it going. And that was 15 years ago. So wow. 16 years ago, I went to wow. art school, not math school. So Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you
1: came to Rhode Island
2: and you stayed. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the arts community here is so warm and welcoming. I think mm-hmm. in a lot of places... You know, there are always artists around, but there's something special about Providence. Everyone is so ready to share knowledge and information. Mm. um, That's always just felt like a really special resource to me. Mm. How did you get connected with DWRI? So uh, when I was at RISD, I really wanted to take a letterpress printing class, which the printmaking department didn't have at the time. And I ended up at AS220 taking an intro class there. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, the RISD printmaking department hired Dan Wood, who runs DWR Letterpress. Um, And so I took a class with him and then connected about a half a year or a year after school and have been there ever since. So I've been there for about 10 years. So what's, what's the I stand for? Oh, so Dan. Uh, I was,
0: I'm assuming DW is Dan Wood.
2: It's a it's a Donna Karen New York joke. DKNY. So yeah. it's Dan Wood, Rhode Island. I love that
0: uh. DWR. Oh my
2: God, that's so cute. It's really fun to say on the phone when you're answering the phone. I like <laughs> saying it really fast, like DWR. It's like yeah. How totally. fast can I say this? We this, get all permutations of it. So Dan Wood letterpress. Mm.
1: <laughs> that's just <laughs> very confusing. So that's so cool. Yeah. Um, One thing, not one thing, but one of the things that I thought was really cool is like during the past, this past year, when there was a lot of movement in the community for um, activism and standing up and and, um, doing protests, DWRI, DWRI, see now I can't say it, and your printmaking became like a really big staple for businesses showing support. How did you like, like, what made you decide to do those things? Were you inspired by something? Like, how did that come to be.
2: Yeah, I think with letterpress printing, it is a more commercial form of printing. So that means that we can make something fast. Mm. So, you know, we wanted to make a Black Lives Matter poster. And part of it was that we were also pretty slow at the shop as things had slowed off with the pandemic. So our capacity was bigger to do that type of work. And for us, it was a great chance to say, hey, you know, we have these resources. How can we help share them? And Mm. so we've done some other posters and, you know, sometimes we're able to support a march or a rally if we have enough time or notice or capacity. Mm. And again, you know, there are lots of shops in Providence doing this work and a lot of shops that are doing it better than we can. I think at the end of the day, you know, our shop is commercial. So we're trying to do a lot of custom jobs and work with clients. So again, it really is just a capacity question. So Mm. we're happy to help when we can.
1: Yeah, do you like have like a vision in mind before you do something like that or do you just try a bunch of different things and whatever sticks?
2: Yeah, there's usually very little planning. (laughs) Um, But because we have a lot of movable wood type in the shop, we can go in and say, I've got two hours. Mm -hmm. I know that I want the poster to say this. Mm -hmm. Let's try option A okay, great. Or let's try option B. Okay, great. And let's just get it printing as soon as we can. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And I know that this whole conversation isn't just about letterpress, but uh, can you... Wait, what? <laughs> it's not, and it's so funny because I was just
1: going to say, Nick, have you ever like been to a letterpress before? Yeah, 100%. Have, oh, yeah, because he you, you shot there. you there. Yeah. yeah,
0: but I was going to say, can you explain to listeners what letterpress printing is?
2: Sure. So letterpress printing is a form of mechanized relief printing. So if anyone has done potato prints or linoleum cut prints, it's the same thing. You're carving into a surface, applying ink and then using pressure to pull the ink off the surface of that printing block. Mm. So letterpress means that we're using um, a lot of, uh, you know, equipment uh, to do that mechanically. Did I just, I just talked in a big loop there. No, that's Um, all right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I'm like, wait, you press it, there's pressure, you're lifting ink, you're putting ink down, that's, I didn't know any of that stuff. Uh,
0: Along the same lines, uh, I just found out the other day, I was listening to something, and The term uppercase, lowercase comes from press printing, Mm -hmm. and it was when the the pressman, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's the right word for it, had a case and... The uppercase letters were on the upper part of the case. Exactly. Lowercase were on the lower part oh. of the case. And I had n- it never even dawned on me to question what that meant. I, <laughs> and then somebody said, it, I was like, wow, that makes a ton of sense.
2: And I think that actually the cases were combined during the California gold rush. So instead of having two separate drawers for yeah. the type, They put it all together to kind of streamline things as things were traveling west. Yeah. And letterpress has a ton of other like fun sayings like uh, mind your P's and Q's I think is also a letterpress phrase because the letters are backwards. So P's look like Q's. And then I think coining a phrase too. So when you lock up type on a letterpress press, you use a spring-loaded coin and so you're coining a
1: phrase. Oh, my wow. God. Oh, this is that. crazy. This is so much trivia. <laughs> it knows everyone. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. How? So I feel like um, when, it's, when I've seen you at mm-hmm. DWR Letterpress, it's so cute because you're so good at you, your job. And then I had brought some friends the last time I went in, and they had both been, like, super interested in, like, seeing how like letterpress works and it was so cute because you literally it was like you it was like a snap and you're like let me take you on this tour <laughs> and like you were so detailed about everything and I was like oh this is crazy so I guess like what makes someone get into letterpress it's so specific and there's so many like actual moving parts in in yeah. doing it but yeah, also literally like literally, literally and <laughs> right, yeah. you know so like how did
2: that how did you get into it? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, so I studied printmaking at RISD and it's a lot of uh, slower forms of production. So Mm. etching, screen printing, lithography, and they're all great, but there's usually a higher cost and overhead with those presses and those processes. So people lose touch after school pretty commonly. And so for me, I thought, I don't want to make prints in this method because they're often inaccessible to other people because they're just slower to produce. Mm. So in taking a letterpress printing class, I knew I wanted to, A, learn more about using text in my work, and then, B, also figure out a way to make work faster so that I could give it away, sell it for cheaper, or Mm. just kind of flip what the art market decides is a good price for a print. Yeah. So to be able to work at DWRI is great for me because I get, you know hands-on technical experience um bringing jobs in and out of the shop but we can also use the presses at the end of the day to help produce our own work and that studio access is really you know important mm. especially these days and there's so much specialized equipment there you know as you've been there there's it's like a museum of yeah it's crazy printing presses yeah yeah,
0: um, yeah how much of your equipment um is still made and you bought new versus old and you had to, you guys have to upkeep and and fix. That
2: is a great question. So I think most of the equipment is not new. They're just not really making any of that Mm -hmm. machinery anymore. So we are lucky that people recognize our name now. And we've been around for so long that people, when a shop is closing, people will call Dan and say, Hey, the shop is closing. Can you come take a look? And then, you know, if you take one press, it's kind of easy to put some other presses on the mach- the truck and drive them all over. Mm. Um, so he's done a really good job of reforming from machine hoarding. <laughs> uh, but periodically we do say, hey, we're doing more foil stamping. We need a press that specializes in that. Mm. And so we will start to look for machinery. And also too, you know, the oldest piece of, uh, equipment that we're running is from 1912. Wow. And things do break. So it's always kind of a challenge of finding a replacement part because to get something milled is going to be $1,000 versus mm. finding. Yeah, custom a whole- fabricated. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, apart from finding a whole other machine that you can just use for parts, which is probably going to be cheaper. Mm -hmm. So it's really a mix. And Dan does a ton of the maintenance work himself. Mm. And he's just so mechanically oriented, um, which is great. And we also have a traveling repairman who comes up from Tennessee um, maybe once or twice a year Mm. to help look at uh, some of the really specialized equipment.
0: And is that how uh, rare that repairman style is these days that you have to bring somebody (laughs) up from Tennessee?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. So he... Um, has a business where he repairs the machines uh, that do our typecasting, so Linotype's and Ludlow's, and he makes a circuit. So he says, hey, I'm going to be on the East Coast from these dates, and shops will sign up and say, hey, yep, I'd love a visit. Please come in. Mm. He's really nice, and his whole model is um, I want you to work with me while I repair the machine. I want you to take a video. I want you to learn about maintenance so that you can do preventative care before something actually breaks. That's Mm -hmm. smart. That's smart. And I think it's just him left <laughs> he's
1: like he's hopefully people only. learn how to do this so i don't have to keep coming yeah he's it. like, make sure you take videos because
0: yeah. i won't be here for it. <laughs> it's
2: so
1: specialized yeah. So. yeah um you had mentioned before in the shop um getting to use mm-hmm. the equipment for your own work and i think that's a really good transition to chat about um what you've done in the past mm-hmm. especially like I said before, I really got to know your art and your freelance, I guess, freelance I hope is the correct term, your freelance like art projects and um, shows through like the last, especially like 2020 into like early 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to chat a little bit about like your personal thing.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I'm really excited this year, um, you know, I've got some projects coming up that we'll talk more about, but I also just moved into a studio space at The Works.
1: Ooh. Um, And I'm
2: really looking forward to that. I haven't had a studio space outside of my apartment in a long time. Cool. um, And they have a full print shop there. So I'm excited to
1: have a home base. That's incredible to really like utilize and like, you know, nourish your... Own personal art
0: and maybe declutter your apartment. <laughs> OMG Nick <laughs> got it. Yeah, totally. I was trying to
1: take like the cute emotional and Nick no. was like, No, <laughs> in my
0: brain, I'm like, That's half the reason I have looked at studios <sighs> oh. before, too. I have so much like camera equipment piled so up in my closet stuff. that should have clothes in it that, uh, it's I would closets, love, to, yeah. yeah, I it's love, crazy. To move
2: yeah, so I'm uh, excited to have that as a home base and then. You know, I've got some things in the works Mm. and um, I'm also planning to continue my work around a project that I started a few years ago to get people to rethink the naming of Victory Day in Rhode Island. Yeah, I think that this year will be a bigger series of posters Mm. and maybe a billboard depending on you know, where things lie or if I get on top of things early enough. So
0: we had actually, because ch- we, we have a little like back and forth before our guest comes in. So we can kind of t- mm-hmm. be like, okay, what is this person doing? We well, got yada. get. So uh, we had discussed the VJ day thing a little mm-hmm. bit uh, earlier. Um, why? So because there's so many other states that have just gotten rid of it altogether. Yeah. Why a push to name change it rather than remove it?
2: Sure. So uh, we live in Rhode Island. It's beautiful. Mm. You know, Victory Day is the second Monday of August.
1: It's a beautiful beach day. I don't want to necessarily <laughs> get
2: rid of that day. Yeah. Okay. And most people take
1: it as a beach day. Yeah. You know yeah. they're they're not celebrating what the actual like holiday yeah, it's just is. Day off. Most people don't <laughs> even it. know. I honestly like growing up. Whenever we would have that day off, I had no idea what it was for. Mm-hmm. We were just like a hol- like a holiday, like a you know like a Arbor Day or whatever. Exactly. And then I got I grew up and I understood like the the huge impact of having a holiday like that in the once like why Rhode Island why. Wait, this is well so- it was
0: everywhere else and so we were just like one of the last to get rid of it well, well we still have it and, and yeah. part
2: of it too is that you know the uh, Rhode Island had a huge naval presence mm-hmm. in World War II and that's one of the real reasons I think that the holiday is still stayed exactly mm-hmm. and so you know also too instead of removing the holiday you know I want to honor the veterans that have served and that really don't want to change the name and so I don't want to erase necessarily I just sort of want to modernize it for Mm -hmm. you know an understanding that people aren't using the day this way anymore Mm. Uh, and to understand that you know it's it's hurtful to other communities so you want something that's more inclusive I think
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense and even the fact that you are you know I think either way if you want to If we all wanted the holiday to be no more or if we wanted to change it, I think that your approach is really cool and like modernizing it to include, like you said, to be more inclusive, but to also be like, okay, this is not like we're in 2021. This is like not the best use of like a holiday or like, you know, shining a light on something that does not really need to. It's also
0: just that that tact is more apt to take off. Rather than just saying like, I want to get rid of this because of this thing. And you get a group of people building like, no. <laughs> exactly." <laughs> Vers- versus trying to say like, we could still keep the holiday, but change it to fit modern times. And people say, oh, okay. maybe." Yeah, you know? exactly.
2: And I think that approach is something that I use in a lot of my work. The, you know, sort of like, hey, I want to present something that's visually interesting or uh, invites you to ask a question mm. and isn't just, hey, I'm telling you this. Yeah. I want people to kind of Mm-hmm. Become a little like be invested. in, yeah, be mm-hmm. in on it, yeah. That's exactly. really smart. So in that conversation too, you know, brings up a lot of other holidays and <laughs> why we celebrate them, why they're called what they're called, mm. and um, there are lots of artists in town doing really cool work around that, um, including Eli Nixon, who just wrote a book about um, a holiday they're calling Blood Tide, which is about horseshoe crabs. That's also really cool. So you know, I'm not alone in the work that I'm doing.
0: So. Yeah, and I, I I thought about that. I think last vj day it might i might have come up because we were talking about the fact that it's like the last state that still did it and um but and my thought wasn't even about that day Mm -hmm. it was i've always thought that always since it happened i've thought um it's crazy to me that um 9-11 isn't a memorial federal holiday Mm -hmm. and the fact that like Rhode Island still has VJ Day, but we don't have a memorial holiday for 9 <laughs> 11. Just seemed really crazy to me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and that's part of, you know, opening that conversation of like, oh, shouldn't we just have more paid holidays in general? But we're just yeah. stuck. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, and it's really hard to get anything changed.
1: Yeah. And do you have like since starting that? What has been feedback from the community and from the people you've talked to? Has it been positive? Has it been troubling? Has it been negative? It's
0: been both. It's
1: <laughs> been a
2: little bit of both. as yeah. Nick who can see my face? So, <laughs> um, so you know, as an artist, yeah. To me, I think having a public persona as an artist is something that. I know I need to have, but it's always kind of a struggle. So I have a website and Instagram where people can leave me whatever comments they'd like, which around that time of year is yay. usually like, yay, great job, or like has some really exciting uh, slurs and swears. I bet. In strange combinations of sentences. Um, <laughs> so Jeez, no, pu- no punctuation.
0: Oh, yeah. my
1: God. So <laughs> All cap. Uppercase. Uppercase.
2: <laughs> yeah. Very good. Um, so, you know, part of it is being able to roll that off and mm. to be able to reach out to people who are supportive. Um, and I think for me the next step is figuring out legislative change because – I've kind of done my part in getting people to think about it and I'm working with a few people in the community who have expressed interest in also changing the name. So we're
1: slowly moving towards that. That's incredible. Do you have names that you want the holiday to be called or can you say them? Oh, yeah. So, okay, um,
2: you know, I think the whole... Idea around the first series of posters was coming up with alternative names, mm-hmm. so you know, Ocean State
1: Day, Beach
2: Day. Oh, fun! Um, Mayor's Bay Day because there is a Governor's Bay Day. Yeah. Um So you know, I'm pretty open. It seemed like Ocean State Day was the one that kind of hit a I nice like middle ground for people, mm-hmm. um, but it really just depends on who you're talking to. So
1: yeah, I think that's I think that work that you're doing is really inspiring, and I think that the way you're doing it is really I, I think in the in this the time that we're in you know people are like right or wrong yes or no here or there like it's very hard to be like it just feels like you're taking a lot of time to work in the middle and like open up the conversation which I think is really important and yeah. I think is really cool I
0: don't remember who made it probably a podcast i was listening to but there was just uh, i think it was during one of the elections and it was a t-shirt that just said pro nuance <laughs> and i was like that that sums everything up really well because not everything is black or white or yeah. yes or no there's a lot of gray middle right. area not everybody feels the same way about something uh everything is worth the discussion whether you like the discussion or not
2: exactly and i think especially now you know things are so split Mm. that it really is hard to figure out where to actually have a conversation. Mm. But that's one of the reasons that I really love posters Mm. and that art form is that you print a poster, it goes out, it lives somewhere else. People mm. put it in their windows. People have it in their walls. Um, so to me, it's a nice way to get work out. And the Black Lives Matter poster that we printed, it's great to see that around town. Um, but also we have a friend who hung it up and is now in this battle with their HOA. Oh, geez. About like, oh, we don't, you know, no signs allowed in general. It's like, well, you haven't told anyone else that. It just yeah. seems to be this Black
1: Lives Matter mm. poster. So. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the other side of it. Yeah, it's so like tricky and it's, it just, it sucks. (laughs) It all just
0: sucks. And I have heard of like, uh, I've heard of HOAs, they have all kinds of insane rules, but like people, people only want to argue their side of a point anyway. Yeah. uh, And they don't necessarily see that their side of the point doesn't necessarily make sense or Mm -hmm. is hypocritical.
1: Yeah. You are going somewhere, I'm gonna jump really quick into um, change topics into 2022, cause mm-hmm. you are going Pivot. somewhere. You're going to Colorado! I am, so I will be at Anderson Ranch in
2: Colorado, which is an artist residency for about five weeks, That's starting incredible. in mid-March. Yeah, I'm That's incredible! So really cool.
1: That's so What are your pieces gonna be like? What are you, are you promoting anything specific? Are you doing new art? Is mm-hmm. it some reused art? Like how does that work? Uh, That's a
2: great question that I am also still working out in my brain. So, you know, for an artist residency, there's often an application process where you say, hey, I'm going to go. These are work samples. This is what I'll work on. Mm -hmm. And of course, things can shift by the time that you get there. But for a residency this length, I'm planning to do some new um, etchings because that'll be a facility that I haven't really been around a lot lately. Mm -hmm. And then also just try to take some time to do some research and planning because one of the great things about a residency is that you just have time. Mm-hmm. There's often not really a schedule. It's it's really up to you, and so that kind of rest and reflection
1: period, I think, is just
2: as important.
1: Are you? So you're going to Colorado, which boo, because you're not going to be in Rhode Island. But so <laughs> proud of you. I think this is How so cool. You. How dare you leave? I That's know. not fair. Okay, I hope so. Um, are have you been to no? You have you been to Colorado before? I have been to Colorado before, but Mm -hmm. not to
2: this residency program. Cool. So So it's going
1: to be new and exciting.
2: Exactly. And Mm -hmm. I've done some other residencies in the past, and it was always something that I think as a younger artist, it's tricky to break into because I think a lot of residencies like to see a residency on your CV, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a loop if you don't already have one. Okay. Um, Because it is a shared workspace. So I think there's an element of wanting to make sure that you're can work
0: with other people.
1: Mm. Mm. Um, that, that's
0: that, uh, we have an entry-level job, but you need to have work experience. You right. need to have all the experience <laughs> to Wait be here. Wait a minute, here. what? <laughs> exactly.
1: So you have to have like years and years and years of experience, but you just graduated from college. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, and okay. It,
2: I really used the RISD Career Center um, mm. more as an alum than I did as a student. And they had some really good advice of saying like, hey, look for a new program that doesn't have as many applicants or look for a program that really matches the work you're doing instead mm. of just... You know, applying to a bazillion things.
1: That's awesome. And that's such a cool, um, like, feather in your Yeah. Cap. And I just yeah.
0: looked it up because that's what I do when I'm sitting here and I'm at a computer and it looks really cool. Yes. And it also looks like it's right near at least a mountain chain, which I think Colorado kind of is. But, like, um, it seems like a great place for, like, inspiration mm-hmm. and, like, just, like, kind of being out in nature. And it totally. just, that's a much better, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it, like, incubator for. For new stuff. it's
1: quiet yeah.
0: you know yeah.
2: lots
1: of hiking so we love that that's so cool yeah. are you very so it's in the spring mm-hmm. it'll be in the spring very nice um and bringing up on the conversation of 2022 i feel like your list of things you have going on is like a mile long and that's so cool because you have so many different things happening mm-hmm. so can you Tell us and our listeners just some of the other projects you have going on.
2: Yeah. So one thing that I'm also really excited about is I was awarded an interlace grant Mm -hmm. uh, this year. Um, Woo! Yeah, which I'm uh, so – thrilled to be in the group of awardees that have lots of other um, amazing uh, Rhode Island-based artists. And so with that funding, I'll be working on a project called Wish You Were Here, which is going to be a series of large-scale screen-printed posters based on WPA-style travel posters. So Works Works Projects Administration posters. Um, You'll recognize that visual style if you look it up. It's very graphic, very glossy um really romantic views of different, you know, visit the West,
0: et cetera. Yeah, that was the old postcard style thing, right? Yeah.
2: Exactly. But I'm gonna spin that idea and use different Japanese American incarceration sites. Oh. And that's something that my work has been um about yeah. uh, for the last few years because my uh grandmother on my dad's side was interned at Post in Arizona. And it's something that she really didn't talk about mm-hmm. um but that I've been you know, going back through, through my artwork, and then also talking to family members, and there are a lot of artists like me in the same boat of, oh, we know our families went through this, but nobody actually mentioned it. No so, one talks about it exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, with that project, again, it's kind of
1: bringing people in with the visual style, and then making them uh, start the conversation, learn exactly. more about it, want to do their own research, have their own conversations. Exactly. And with those posters, I'm actually also buying a penny smasher mm.
2: um, or a penny press, which, you know, you've seen them at the zoo. The
1: aquarium. The, the aquarium. You crank
2: the thing, right? Exactly. And so yeah. that will also have different incarceration sites on the pennies. And with that, you know, it's a really recognizable thing. But mm. by inviting people in, you know, it's essentially turning the visitor into the artist and saying, I'm making this tiny sculptural thing. I'm part of the process now, what does this mean? So I've been eyeing one for a long time because it's just such a an interesting way to make a multiple, just yeah. like prints, yeah. uh, but just in a different way.
1: Yeah, where, and, oh sorry, was go
0: ahead. I the, um, then it's the whole uh, project of making your own i would assume it's like a die in there what is it what would it be exactly so it's
2: kind of a die that stretches out the penny yeah oh that's Mm -hmm. its own
0: process of knowing exactly how to make how how many of those do you think you have to make in a row before you get the the thing you're looking for exactly so (laughs) i
2: am planning to source a penny machine that's you know, used, um, but with some help on sourcing the dyes because they're, you know, the aquarium orders them somewhere. Mm. And then figuring out once that first set is in, how easy it is to make them here. Because again, Providence has such a great arts community, especially
1: metalworking. So, Mm -hmm. you know, chances are I can make them
2: here on the next round.
1: With the Wish You Were Here project, um, are they already in the works like the prints you're doing? And when or if will people be able to view them where or you know, like how. we're, yeah, how, thank you. <laughs> I was trying to think of the word.
0: How? Yeah. How. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> yeah. so, That's what I'm here for. You know?
2: <laughs> ideas are kind of already in the works. I wanted to do this. I've wanted to do this project for a few years. And so I started some sketches at the beginning of the pandemic and had a chance to exhibit them. But then, you know, remember the beginning of the pandemic, it was really hard for me to get anything done. And so I kind of Mm. said, Hey, let's pause on this. And so when this opportunity to apply for the interlace grant came up, I thought, okay, this is a great time to dust this off and actually say, Hey, I've got a little funding. I've got a timeline, you know, I I can get this done. Mm. So the goal is to have things printed and ready by the spring, early summer, and then I'll plan to show them at Katie Tompkins Projects, which is on the east side of Providence in her gallery space. And then also figure out some other opportunities to move that penny machine around because I think once it's in town, Mm. it can be a really neat opportunity to say, hey, do you want to borrow this? Do you want to use it for your own project? You know, customize it, Mm. you know, send it out around town. That's so
1: so cool. cool. I'm really looking and and I know at the end we'll tell everyone like where to like follow you, whatever, but I'm assuming You'll update people on when projects are coming out, and through like you know your online presence. And do you plan all on
0: that. making a uh, specific website for that project?
1: Oh, Nick, I can barely maintain my own website.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was more asking I? to be like that seems like a lot, but also like you see people do that a lot when they do like a but like a, a yeah. bigger project. They'll mm-hmm. do like even if it's just like a Squarespace one, but. I, if you do, you, do you have a your own personal website? I do. Yeah. I do. You yep. can have just its own a tab page on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's already so out of date. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's I, great. I, I, it's probably so beautiful. Yeah, yeah,
2: I yeah. I feel like I was talking to a graphic designer, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, it just takes us so long to do our own website." I was like, "Yeah,
0: that's yeah, it's a lot." Well, it actually takes me longer. I've done a few for other people. It takes me way longer to do mine than I, for somebody yeah, else. It's yeah.
2: totally baffling. You
0: could even do like a. a I know this is just me throwing work at you, but it would be kind (laughs) of cool to do (laughs) a an Instagram for that project that documents the process of the project. Oh mm. <laughs> could that <laughs>
1: potentially could be a slightly easier than a website, but also like the maintenance of that is also like no, I mean that's a, a great idea, and I think too
2: documentation is something I've been thinking a lot about yeah. because for
0: it's usually um, something I think about after, after. exactly <laughs> always after,
2: but I'm really learning um I have a uh dear friend and artist in town named Ru Sakayama. She is a f- great photographer and she makes um, her own textiles based work as well. But I have worked with her on the Rename Victory Day project and mm. also some headshots. And it's just amazing to understand finally that like, yes, that is a worthwhile investment to make the work look definitely even better than it already was. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you mentioned documentation. I'll start taking notes. Um, but people do like to see the process, and I think that's yeah. what makes Instagram so appealing in so Definitely. many ways that it's a little bit more of a stripped-down It'd be product. kind of a
0: cool thing to do, too, where um, if you're doing the process of it, Mm -hmm. and you release it going up to the exhibit Mm -hmm. but you never show the full oh mystery or maybe just like little corners of it or something and then Mm -hmm. they have to go to the actual exhibit i do think
1: too like with your sort of your art the art that you produce and the way it's produced Mm -hmm. is very different than a lot of the art that people normally consume Mm -hmm. versus like just not just but like a painting or so i think People seeing the progress would be so cool. It's yeah. so inspirational.
2: I don't know if I can do a separate Instagram page, though. Nick. No. I always get so confused. It's <laughs> a lot. It's app. a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah but you're... that's Sasha's entire life. is yeah, switching that's literally back and forth between Instagram. It's my pages. life, <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing: it, it's a, it's a, it's a overwhelming. You're like, oh shoot, that switch. Well, well now let's go I understand back. why people have people to
2: help them yeah. with that
1: because, yeah, it's you a know, lot. As you mentioned earlier, you know, art
2: stuff is being freelance, and it really is you know some people are lucky to just do that as their whole job yeah um, but a lot of people like me are kind of cramming it in around
1: other adding things. it to this adding it to your career it's like you have a whole life and then you have to on top of it make sure you're updating your website and your instagram right. and right. your twitter mm-hmm. feed it's it's a lot yeah
0: i'm giving you all these suggestions and i am awful at it <laughs> i am so bad at it. i like i i take photos all the time for work and I might update mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. every two months I'll pop something up there okay, I if so I have bad, a photo yeah. that I really love I'm like all right this has to go on Instagram. Okay. So like, <laughs> there's a lot that could be up there that just don't that I just always don't say I'm up. like I'm gonna stick to it and I just never do
2: well it's tough too I mean you know people are like oh you got to post two times a week and it's like I could do that but also like it takes me so long to like I compose and like text edit what I'm gonna say and yeah then read it and then you know by the time it gets up there so
1: and then you get like I mean I'm Super on my own personal Instagram, which is not anything like special, but I, I get like, Oh, I'm going to post. And then from doing work Instagrams, I'm like, I don't want to freaking post on Instagram. Like, I I just want to go to bed. I'm just going to, no one needs to see myself, like my face. I'm just Mm going to sleep now. (laughs) Um, well, and that's, it's a great reminder that those are
2: so curated. So sometimes Mm -hmm. people will come up to me and say, Oh, I I know you from Instagram. I'm like, you gotta, you have to remind me if we've actually met before. Yeah. Like give me some more info. Right. Like i I'm starting from zero, so yeah, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I think social media, especially in the arts community, has done a lot of great stuff in the fact that people can, can yeah, again, consume different types of art, art that you might not have known even existed, um, but also like you said, like it can, it's it's one, it's a lot of work, it's a job on top of a job, mm-hmm. and also like it's so curated, and sometimes people don't realize that they don't realize that it's as right. curated as it is. So they're like, "Hey, I know you," and you're like, "No, you don't." Know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You have no idea. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a You
0: know part of me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know the part yeah. that I show.
1: Yeah. Um so you also have I'm going to say the name of the organization wrong cuz I am very bad at like remembering specific names, mm-hmm. but your project with um Davis Park? Yes,
2: so that's with My Home Court. Thank you. which uh, is a great court. organization that's um working with the Providence Cal- College Galleries. And yeah. so uh that group works with uh the Parks Department. Um, To identify uh, a park with a basketball court to then resurface the basketball court and work with an artist to create something that goes on top Mm, of that new court. So cool. So I'm going to be working at Davis Park, which is actually really close to my apartment. Um, And... I'm in the processes now of kind of hearing from the different community groups that use that park and, and working together some ideas. So it's kind of a balance of making something that is a living mural, mural that's out and about, but also, you know, keeping in mind that it is also a basketball court Mm -hmm. and being used. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of referencing my, um,
1: elementary school days when they still let me play on the basketball court and they were like you aren't coordinated enough you need to go sit down that was my problem I was always the girl who somehow got hit in the head with a basketball or like a (laughs) dodgeball I'd be like I'd be like a mile away on the Mm -hmm. other side of like the field and somehow I'd still get hit in the back of the head Mm -hmm. so I get that but that's so cool that's um they've done it in other courts they have yeah so um they this is the third year of the
2: project Mm. um and there are other organizations doing this work um, nationwide, but this will be the third court in Providence. So
1: cool. Yeah. Um. So when, is there a timeline for the project for the My Home Court? Mm-hmm. So the court will actually
2: be painted in the spring of next year. Oh. Um, but will be kind of fully unveiled
1: in the fall. That's so
2: exciting. So they usually do some really amazing programming around the reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Ah! Mm-hmm.
1: This is so cool. You have, I love that you have just so much going happening and you're bringing people in on your cool art and your visions and your the things that you care about because that's like you know you can see it's art right but knowing like the story behind Mm -hmm. it or the connection behind it I feel like gives it a whole nother sort of like air about it Mm -hmm. and makes it so much easier to connect to.
2: Well, in this project too, I'm excited because of the the physical scale of it. Yeah. I haven't ever designed something this big, so um, you know it'll be an interesting step that I'm really looking forward to.
1: Yeah. Do you do so? Obviously, like um, letterpress is you know your mm-hmm. are a big part, but other forms of art. Do you have other forms of art that you like to dabble in? Um,
2: yeah, so a lot of it is printmaking. So, yeah. you know, etching and screen printing. Mm-hmm. Um, some drawing is always a really nice place to come back to. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure there are other weird hobbies that I'm creating.
0: <laughs> drawing is one of those things where, like, I used to draw a ton. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was a kid, I worked in, like, every art form. Mm-hmm. I feel like like any artist does. Like they, I did, like, charcoals and paints and, like, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what would work for me. And it's one of those things where I never make time for it. And then every once in a while, I'll sit down and draw again. I'm like, oh, man, I really like this. Mm I need to do this more I'm going to start doing this more.
2: Yeah, Yeah. totally. I used to
0: spend like six hours doing a portrait, like just sitting there drawing out a portrait. And that's like nothing compared to – I've seen some of these Instagram accounts Mm -hmm. where people do like – I see it a lot with like dogs, but you also see it with people where they do these hyper-realistic like – Colored pencil drawings oh, wow. that yeah. are like it looks like a photo. It's mm-hmm. like I that's gotta be like fifty hours, sixty hours <laughs> to do one thing, which is nuts. But
2: yeah, and that's definitely not my style <laughs> yeah. at all. Me you know, either. <laughs> I never have been a very technical draft person. So, mm. you know, I really like um Sumi ink and doing a lot of washes. Mm. Mm. But that's i think why i'm so excited to have that studio space at the works is to have office hours and to just kind of go in and have a little bit more space to kind of play around yeah do whatever you want yeah
0: there's something uh this might be an over exaggeration but something kind of magical about having a space that's just for work yeah (laughs) because like even when i work at home so i work at home i for a long time i would get up get fully dressed go and get a coffee and then come back and sit at my computer mm-hmm. and it's something about like putting yourself at work that yeah. makes a huge difference whether that's for i have to sit down and do spreadsheets mm-hmm. or it's i have to make time to work on this art project like actually having mm. time set aside and a place in that the space you yeah. might be paying for that place and if you don't pay for it then i mean if you don't use it then why are you wasting money yeah paying? It like exactly. forces you to do the thing that you want to do, but you never make time for. Mm, totally.
1: Yeah, It's. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be, especially for the new year and all the projects you have coming up, I feel like it's going to be a really good space for you to like... <laughs> I I had a feather in my... (laughs) Sasha
0: just got distracted by something on her sweater. I had a
1: feather on my sweater. It must be from a pillow. It looks maybe a comforter. That's so weird. (laughs) What the heck? Where did this come from? Uh, Is that a sign? Hopefully feathers are a good thing. Uh Um, Lois, you are just like so cool. And I am so happy that you are part of this list. And I think in the art sector of Providence, there's, like I said, there's so many different forms that you can... See that it's cool to have someone who specializes in something that people might not even realize how intricate and how much work and time and design really goes into it. So I'm excited for you to have this opportunity to be like, heck yes! I also am. Yeah. Uh, So thank you so much. I think for me,
2: um, you know, knowing that next year is going to be pretty busy, yeah. One of my goals is to try and leave a little bit more space for joy and celebration and and just. Uh, you know, accepting these moments of recognition, which mm. sometimes I have a hard time
0: it's hard doing. To do. Yeah, I'm with you.
1: Yeah, you're doing a great job, though. Yeah, this is awesome. You're so yeah. wonderful, and you have so many. Not only are is your work wonderful, but you as a human being, you're so fun to know and to get to know more. Um, where, if our listeners would like to keep up, mm-hmm. keep up with you, where is the best place? Uh
2: probably the internet at this rate because the interweb, of the COVID. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I'm. I'm sure I will give you a list of links for my yeah. website, my Instagram, and then at a certain point too, I think DWRI Letterpress will start to do open houses again. So cool. also
0: feel
1: free to come
2: in and check out the shop yes. um,
1: because it is such a fun place to see. It's so cool. It's so much fun. Um, well, we appreciate you giving us your time, and thanks, we can't Sasha. wait to see you yeah. soon. We're thanks, having Nick. a yeah, yeah. Thank you. This don't, don't awesome. say Nick. Bye, Nick. No, thanks yeah, for you.
0: I'm doing nothing.
1: <laughs> no, and we have our fun who to watch party coming up in January. Obviously, we are um, planning that. Um, it's on January.
0: 18th 18th? at 6 Mm o'clock at the Narragansett Brewery on Tockwanton Street in Providence. Is that the
1: street name? Oh, my God. Yes, it is. And And
0: you're going to hear this at the end of every episode. So just get used to it.
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to get to actually see and talk to our cool Who to Watch people, because they are honestly too i feel like i can't sit in the room with them because they're all just like too cool they emulate this like awesome energy um come to our party and hang out i can't wait Yay!
0: can't wait thanks thanks everybody bye
1: guys Bye. bye